Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the Umarpreneur Live podcast. And today with me, I have a very special guest that I'm excited to introduce to you. Sister Hafsa Tahir is an Instagram marketing coach for Muslim women entrepreneurs. She has helped over a thousand students leverage Instagram to grow their business. And in today's episode, we're going to reveal some juicy tips and secrets on how you can grow your brand on Instagram as well, thanks to her expertise and her knowledge, inshallah. So, Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the podcast. Alaikum Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, the honor is definitely all mine. I'm really excited to dive into our conversation today, get to know you a little bit more, share your story with our audience, and even share some, you know, some, some of your expertise with them as well. Because I know Instagram is definitely a hot topic for entrepreneurs. It's one of the best platforms to grow your business. So it's definitely a great place to be. And I'm sure the knowledge you're going to share with us today uh, is going to be extremely insightful and beneficial. Uh, but before we dive into that, I'd love to know a little bit more about you and your story. So can you share with us? what inspired you to even become an entrepreneur? Yeah, no, that's a, such a great question because um, I started off, I, I was working for Productive Muslim back in 2009. Okay. And it was just an online job as working as a VA. I'm like, meh, this sounds fun. Um, and, um, and a couple of years into that, I was like, you know what? I want to do something of my own. I didn't know what that meant. I just felt like I'm working on other people's dreams and on other people's passions. And I, I'm sure most of your listeners can relate to this when you're working for a job, right? It's like you're working so, you absolutely love it. But then at the end of the day, it's somebody else's dream you are. You're like, hmm, what if I could work on my own dream? So I started making greeting cards. And this is my niece was like three years old at that time. And um, just I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, this wasn't like I want to start. I want to be the next Muslim Hallmark, right? Just started making greeting cards from YouTube, and then I'm like, oh, this is fun. Just using my niece's three-year-old's crafting supplies, if you can believe it. This her 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 markers, her pens, and all of that, and <laughs> and her stickers too. So and then I started experimenting that, and I was like, oh, this was fun. Uh, made made bookmarks, and then a friend of mine was an Etsy. Like, okay, I can sell these on Etsy. And the only reason I was selling is because I wanted to I wanted my hobby to pay for itself. Mm. <laughs> I wanted to fund my hobby. That was the only yeah. reason I started started a shop to sell. And that's that's really how my business started with three three dollar greeting cards. And I I, I even like had 20% off on the three dollars because it's Black Friday, everyone has sales. So and I'm sure most of your listeners can relate to this as you're listening. And I'm sure you can say you might be thinking, oh, that's me, too. I'm constantly discounting. I'm constant. And that's where I started off as well. So started selling my three dollar greeting cards. Alhamdulillah, like, like really crawling my way up, you know, um, up to like eight dollar mugs to twenty dollar mugs to hundred dollar products to um, to Alhamdulillah, having a full time business for my for my handmade gifts and then quit my IT career at that point. And um, and then Alhamdulillah, after seven years of a product-based business, I'm like, what's the next level for me? I, I want to fill in a gap. And, and and as you're listening, I'm sure you can relate to this, where you feel like you want to do something that you were where you're needed. You want to do something. And there were so many Islamic gifts at that time, right? I'm like, it feels like we're just causing more noise at one point. Where do I make a difference? What's my genius zone? And this is some question that I want everybody to ask themselves is, where um, can only I make a difference? So that's when I realized I can use my seven years of experience in a business and teach other people on how to do what I'm doing. Use Instagram and Instagram is just one of the platforms, one of the means of growing that business, but it alhamdulillah is a big one. So I decided to use that expertise and decided to help um, other businesses on how to grow their, maybe their $3 business card, greeting cards business mm -hmm. as well, right? Help them get to the level that I alhamdulillah was able to get to 
and that's how I became a coach three years ago. Alhamdulillah, over the last two two plus years, uh, I started a membership program called Circle of Impact. We are all about Muslim women that are all about making an impact. Tiny, tiny steps along the way, right? Consistent action, because the most beloved deeds to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala are the ones that are consistent, yeah. and um, even no matter how small. So, being able to actually just keep moving forward. So, we started Circle of Impact two, three years ago. Alhamdulillah, we have a community, an amazing community of Muslim women, helping each other, growing, coaching with me, and uh, and yeah, Alhamdulillah, that's where we are at today. <laughs> Okay, amazing, mashallah. And so I love that. It's like a journey of first starting with just something as simple as trying to fund your hobby that turned into this whole journey of entrepreneurship and it all snowballed, subhanAllah. And that's really, really cool. And I want to ask you, what is it that motivated you finally to, you know, people that listen to this, you know, they probably feel like at some point or they're, they are interested in entrepreneurship, they're already entrepreneurs, right? Um, and they probably are questioning themselves or maybe they're thinking to themselves, when should I, you know, dive fully into my business, maybe quit my job, quit my career? For you, what was that point where you made that decision? What were you thinking of and what was going through your mind when you decided, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and really focus full time on trying to succeed in business? Yeah, um, that's such a great question. I think I absolutely think that some people think that I'm not made for this. I'm not, this people like me can do this. And mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you this, uh, just a bit of a background. I come from a family, like my immediate family, we, we are not in business. I mean, I was literally told by a lot of people like business doesn't work for people like us right mm. so i want those uh, i want the listeners to know you don't have to be from a certain family you don't have to have certain dna in your body to actually own a business or be an entrepreneur anybody can do this having said that i do want to acknowledge my privileges like alhamdulillah i had certain privileges set up for me the way alhamdulillah the way allah created set up my life the way allah's planned my life out i have privileges that allowed me to take that leap forward mm -hmm. and i do want to put that out there because i don't want to be i don't want to sound like oh everybody should be able to do this right yeah. so i do want to add that caveat there that i had privileges that maybe other people don't but i but some there's some things that i want you to think about when you're debating if when you should go into your business full time absolutely keep working on your business until it's making an income that you can sustain for yourself yeah. maybe have enough savings right so actually when i quit my full-time job I always forget to mention that I took a year's sabbatical. I took a three-month sabbatical first during Ramadan, just needed a break. And then I took a year's sabbatical, just to see how things go. So I always had a backup plan. Um, some people are the kind who have to burn all the budget, all the boats in order to, to take that leap. Some people are like that. And obviously, you have to assess your financial situation, the responsibilities, because as, as Muslims, we are all uh, shepherds and we all have responsibilities towards our flock, right? So what are your responsibilities? Who are the people looking up to you? Who do you need to support? All of that obviously needs to take into account. But from a from an entrepreneur, from a business experience kind of perspective, look at um, first establish yourself do as much as you can along with your business it's absolutely hard it's like working two jobs i get that i've been there myself and it's exhausting but there's fun to it right but there is there's a potential that you want to be able to because at the end of the day business isn't like you start today tomorrow you have a 100k launch that is not going to happen i mean it might happen I mean, anything can happen Generally, that, that's not the law of nature, right? It does take time for you to find your niche, find your niche, whatever you want to call it, uh, mm -hmm. to find an offer, to work to that offer. Like after three years at Circle of Impact, I'm redoing the entire uh, the, the membership program because I realized, okay, these work, this works, this works, here's something I want to tweak. So there's constant improvements that go into having, running a business and having launches and having products and having programs. So it does take time. So work on building your audience, work on 
getting clear on your message, getting clear on all of that while you're working full time. So whenever you're ready to make that leap, it's like you're making a leap while you're making money, inshallah. Mm -hmm, inshallah, definitely. That's some, such some great advice that you're sharing here. And, and, and I love that you mentioned a very interesting point and, and something that a lot of entrepreneurs maybe ignore or, you know, the entrepreneurship world glamorizes, which is, you know what, you're going to, you're going to go and start a business and overnight you're going to become successful and rich and, you know, have all of these things, subhanAllah. But we very well know you and I, that, you know, it takes months and years to build something uh, and grow it into, you know, a successful operation. Uh, and mashallah, you, you've done this now and you're at a point where you're starting to focus on Instagram coaching. And I want to ask you about that because you went from, you know, as you mentioned, selling products on Etsy, to then really going into the coaching space and then finally focusing specifically on Instagram. Now, why is it that you decided to focus specifically on Instagram and help Muslim women entrepreneurs get better and grow on Instagram specifically? Yeah, funny story. My, my <laughs> coach asked me to focus on Instagram. I said, heck no, I'm not boxing myself. <laughs> mm. So it wasn't easy. I'm a rebel by nature. So I'm like, I refuse to listen to other people. So my coach was like, you know what? You got to find a niche and you, the more specific you are, the better it is. I said, heck no, I'm not putting myself in a box. So I tried all the wrong things. I tried being everything to everyone. I'm like, oh yeah, this doesn't work. So part of it kind of came from my lessons learned. But I think one of the things that um, Instagram is so, um, like you said, is growing so quickly, but also it's very specific to my gene of, zone of genius. Because like I was talking about, like you have to find what is one thing you're so good at. Like I am a connection person. I am a people person. I am an introvert to some extent. Um, I don't like big stages. This doesn't feel like a stage, but <laughs> I don't like big stages but I do connect with people one-on-one. -on -one. So when I'm like on Instagram, I'm connecting with people. All of that is just marketing, right? All of that is just a different form of marketing. And Instagram allows you to connect with people all over the world. In, in all the social networks out right now, um, Instagram is so unique in its place because it's kind of like built some momentum. It, it's a platform that's developed. It's not mm -hmm. new like TikTok or it's not as old as Facebook. Many things, old, only old people are Facebook. <laughs> but uh, Instagram's kind of in the middle where you can. it's still growing and it's still actually quite developed for us to use this to engage with people all over the world. Like I have audiences, like my followers from like Indonesia, Malaysia, UK, US, Canada, of course, Australia, I, that's where I get my members from, right? So being able to reach so many people and it's such a, a, a personal level. And when I say personal, it's not about sharing your bank details or sharing how many kids you have. It's it's really the one-on-one -on -one connections you have sometimes, right? One-on-one -on -one connections in your DMs, when you post, you're like talking to that one person and being able to build those relationships. Instagram is kind of like my zone of genius. Um, and uh, that's why it just kind of like was like adding one plus one and came to experimenting, didn't come overnight though. Yeah, definitely, definitely 100%. It definitely doesn't come overnight, right? So it's a process that takes days and months and years. But mashallah, I love that you you really focused on uh, you know the benefits of that platform, and I, I agree completely because we use both Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you know YouTube, and all these social media platforms for our business. But the one that I really feel like allows us to connect with our audience the most is Instagram, right? Because you it is more visual. Uh, the people there are more engaged, and to be honest with you, Instagram still allows you to grow an audience without necessarily spending tons of money on ads and boosting posts. Whereas on Facebook, it's a little bit harder now, especially for Facebook pages, you get almost no reach. So it's difficult, right? Uh, Instagram still allows you to grow and it's a great platform for entrepreneurs right now that they can still leverage. 
Now, I wanted to dive into some uh, Instagram uh, tips, some of your knowledge here that I'm going to squeeze out of you, but that's okay uh, for our listeners, right. inshallah. Awesome. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So the first question that I have for you is, what do you feel is a common or big mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs are making right now on Instagram when it comes to promoting their business? Yeah, um, great question. I see this all the time. So one of the biggest, so I have an Instagram framework that I created for my students and it's been tried and tested over the number of years and it's called A, B, C, and D. It sounds really simple and it is really simple. A is for audience, B is for brand, C is for content, D is for drive sales, right? Mm. So A is for audience. The reason why I put audience first, everyone says, can I just jump to driving sales? And I'm like, nope, you got to learn A, B, C, and then get to D. And that's one of the number one mistake a lot of business owners make is like, hey, I want to start selling. I'm like, you can do that. Absolutely. Number one, get your foundation right. Who mm. is your audience? And it's like saying, it's like going to an airport and saying, just give me a ticket to any place that sells ice cream. And the mm. the the, the, um, the customer service person is going to look like, look at you like you're crazy, right? Like that's what we're doing on Instagram, posting and just saying somebody just buy, right? Mm. Uh, you don't know what your destination is. You don't know who you want to attract. You don't know who, who you want to sell to. So number one, getting really clear on your dream customer, dream client. Um, I see getting that getting really clear on what the pains are, what the what the uh, pleasure, what the points of pleasure are, what is what is keeping up them up at night, what is going on in their life right now is so, so important because when you talk to them in, in the context of what's going on in their life, that's when you're able to reach them. That's when you're, they're able to tag their friends and say, hey, we were talking about this. I know mm-hmm. you're struggling with this too. Or mm-hmm. they, can tag, they can comment and say, how did you read my mind, right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. That's the biggest mistake a lot of business owners make is that they don't get clear. And I know it's not, it's not as exciting as getting sales. It's like, who wants to sit there and like work with your dream customer? Yeah. It's the foundation. You can't get to the 20th floor. I live on the 22nd floor. Uh, you can't get to the 22nd floor without like building your foundation first, right? Without building the foundation of the, the structure first. So you got to dig that up and like work on that, that boring, um stuff first. Yeah. The audience. So the audience is so key. And, you know, it's it's funny because even at Omapreneur, we have, um, so we have like our audience, ideal client persona and we've created her, we've given her a name and, you know, what she, what her fears are, what her interests are, what her desires are. She happens to be uh, a sister and, um, and, and we have her name as well in house. Um, and, and, you know, subhanAllah, like whenever we create a post or whenever we, you know, want to put out a piece of content, we'll say, we would say, okay, what would she think about this piece of content? What, what, how would she, would she benefit from this? Would she, you know, enjoy this piece of content? And so it's an interesting exercise because it allows you to know when you create something to put yourself in your client's shoes and understand, is this really beneficial for them? Or are you just putting that out there because you like it, right? Because that doesn't always align. Um, so that's really interesting. So A for audience. B was for what was B for again? Brand, Bring, creating a brand that that actually okay. helps you to stand out from competition. Because given how, given we only talk to people like us, we are like everybody's yeah. a coach these days, right? It sounds yeah. like it sounds like the market is saturated, but that's when you have to differentiate yourself. That's where you have to create a brand that helps you stand out from competition, create your, your unique selling proposition. There mm-hmm. for you, what has been you know a, an interesting way, or maybe a piece of advice you can give for listeners about you know grow specifically the branding aspect that we're talking about right now how to differentiate themselves or how to really establish their brand yeah and that's a great question a lot of times we look for answers outside we try google searching we look at competition but let me tell you from experience the answer comes from within the Mm -hmm. answer comes from you 
And it could be a combination of your different experiences, really just sitting down and asking yourself, what makes me different? Why are people buying for me? And one tip that I actually was thinking, I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday, and I think this is great for your listeners as well. Go back to your previous customers and ask, what made you buy? Yeah. Right? Because sometimes, and, and I know like a lot, I have a lot of peers that are working backwards. They already have people, they might have a couple of people buying from them. And they're like, why are these people buying from me? I don't understand. Why are they paying me? So oh, how do I get more of these kind of people, right? So going back and asking them, what values made you buy? What values do you resonate with? Um, when what, what specifically, where are you in your life right now? What, where exactly do you want to get to, right? Asking questions like that will help you see what, what's standing out in the way. You might think, oh, I, like, I might think I have an ICF certification. That's why people are signing up for me. And your audience is like, what? SCI, what? <laughs> right? They probably right. have no idea what ICF stands for, right? Mm. So um, in your head, in our head, our, our unique selling proposition might be very different than what our clients are seeing. So asking them is a great way of getting, getting to know what is actually, what in their, in their perspective, what, how are you standing out? Mm, that's a, such a great tip there, to be honest with you, because a lot of times, as you mentioned, what we think is the reason for generating sales and what is actually generating sales could be two different things. And then you, you maybe, you know, by mistake, you stop doing what was initially generating sales because you didn't know what that was. Right? Exactly. SubhanAllah. So that, thank you so, so much for sharing that. So A, audience, B, brand. And what was C again? Content. Creating C, content. C was content. All right. What's what's a big what, what's a big content mistake that you're seeing Instagram users making right now? Yeah, um, I think one of the co biggest content mistakes is just putting out posts for the sake of putting out posts. It's like mm. sunset and coffee. That's like so 1999. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's really just 20, uh, 2019 maybe, but it does sound like 1999, right? <laughs> um, because I, I don't know if Instagram was around in 1999, but uh, a lot of people are like, oh, sunset, I love the sunset photo, but I'm like, what's the point? So yeah. in terms of, I, I know your next question is going to be, how do you create content that converts? Mm. Two things your audience needs to keep in mind as you're listening. Two things you need to keep in mind every single post, actually three things. One, what is your intention with this? What is your goal with this? And absolutely, as Muslims, every single thing needs to be about pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of the day, right? Because when you when you have multiple intentions, it's like spiritual multitasking, you get multiple rewards for it. Every single post, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Number one. Two, what do I want my audience to know? Right? When I do an introduction post, it's not about me just wanting to share stuff about myself. It's about me giving my, something about my audience for them to relate to me as a coach, right? Mm -hmm. So asking yourself, what do I want them to know? If, even if I'm posting a sunset photo, what do I want them to know? That mm -hmm. I take breaks, that I'm a human too, and it's okay to take breaks, maybe, right? So, and then the last thing is, what do you want them to do? Call to action with every post. So three things, intention, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to do is at the end of the post, is it like, tag a friend is it like leave a heart maybe it's nurturing the existing customers you have mm -hmm. existing followers you have or maybe it's click on the link in my bio and apply for the mastermind i have or click on the link and sign up for the circle of impact vip list right mm -hmm. so what is that call to action or sign up for a freebie right um so intention what do you want them to know what do you want them to do and, and i know a lot of people say i want to grow my followers on instagram my my followers are growing no one's seeing my post and i want to just like say this to everyone that's listening I made a post um, in Ramadan that had like over 10,000 shares. I I never have that kind of uh, uh, post going well. Just with something from Allah SWT, absolutely. Reposted that same post after two months. And that post, I think, overall got me over 5,000 followers, mm -hmm. right? 
a lot of people say, oh, Instagram doesn't work. Instagram algorithm hates me. And no one sees my post. When you know your dream customer and talk about exactly what they're going through. And I'll talk about, I'll tell you, I'll share what, what post that was. So this way you have some context. And when you talk about what they need right now, that's when content gets shared, right? Mm -hmm. like talking to people, the, the post that I'm referring to is the 10 duas for Ramadan, um, the last 10 nights of Ramadan. Yeah. And then I reposted the same thing during the during the day of Arafah. Um, yeah, which is like two months later, right? Yeah. And um, I was repurposing content. Mm -hmm. It wasn't brand new, but there were, people needed that at that time. People yeah. were like, okay, we will be fasting tomorrow. We'll be like staying, uh, we'll be staying up overnight or we'll be, we'll be making dua all day. Here's a list of dua. Let me send this to my friends as well, right? Okay, I have a question for you about that actually specifically. And I, uh, and I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but this is a, an interesting question because I've had it before myself, okay? And... Um, and I've had people come and ask me this question, okay? Because I remember seeing that post with you, Sister Hafsa. And I remember seeing the 10 du'as for uh, the end of Ramadan for Arafah. And I remember seeing that. And we do carousels as well. And I'm like, wow, mashallah, this is so cool. And it's such a great idea. But I always like to be unique and give people, like, their original credit for their stuff. So I'm like, oh, this is an amazing idea. But that, but we're going to leave it there. We're not going to go and copy that and take it and, like, try to make our own version. Because Hafsa, Sister Hafsa, mashallah, already did it so well. You know, she, you know, let, let's, let's leave that to her. But then I've seen a few other accounts after you did that post um, kind of go towards the same direction. And so for you, because I think a lot of listeners as well, they can relate to that where they'll share something on Instagram or they'll have a certain style or a certain approach. And then maybe they'll see other accounts start to kind of copy that a little bit and they'll feel like annoyed or bothered or like, oh my God, you know, why is this happening? So I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this. How do you deal with that when you see that happening? And what's your advice for people when they see other, you know, profiles maybe copying their content a little bit or copying their style a little bit? Yeah, um, it's really interesting. You mentioned that. Full disclosure: the first person who actually not not the first person the, the post that I that inspired that was uh, Salam Sadaf, who talked about who actually shared her duas. And I said, oh, I was going to vision with Sheikh Mohammed Al-Sharif. And I, I actually looked back at all the duas that had been answered with my product-based business, getting a space, getting um, to like 50K or whatever the number was. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, let me share my duas so more people can benefit. And I actually credit her, credited her in the caption as well. Mashallah, that's so awesome. I'm like, I'm like, oh, she's going to get a reward from all the, all the people that are benefiting my posts mm. because she's the one who inspired me. Mm. Somebody else must have inspired her. That person's right. inspired, getting the word for everyone that she inspired, that mm. she's inspiring as well, right? So, I, like, if somebody else went ahead and created like ten duas, actually, one of my clients did ten duas for um, children during to make doing during the last ten nights of Ramadan or something like that. I'm like, awesome! I'm so glad you're using this. Yeah. Number one, selfish. I get the award yeah. if 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 uh, I was the inspiration for it, right? Two, she's talking to her own audience. She's not mm. talking to my audience. Three, she has her own spin on it. Very different than mine. Like my duas were actually my duas, right? Like nobody else can copy that. Um, so I think that when you get so unique with your own voice, with your own personality, it's hard for people to copy that. And you have, I, and I think one of the things that I, I try to remind myself is, um, and this has been proven so many times for me, is that at the end of the day, money sales comes from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Hundred percent, right? So there's a, there's a Christian book that I actually read last um, last year during COVID that talks about the the all these channels that money comes to us, which is customers, 
maybe our products, maybe our website. These are all channels, right? Or maybe it's like uh, a neighbor who's knocking on the door and giving you some basket of fruits, right? These are all channels of, of risk, channels of sustenance. Where is this channel really connected to? What's the source of all of it, right? Mm -hmm. Keeping that in mind, subhanAllah, like I just, um, we, we had we launched a mastermind last month. And one of the persons that signed up for the mastermind, it's like a 3K mastermind, I'd never heard of her. I asked and she, she messaged me, she said, this other person mentioned you in her caption and that's how I found you. Mm. How mm. how could I control that, right? Yeah. Like the way people come to us, the, people, the way people buy from us is so out of our hands. Like Allah SWT is doing all of this for us. 100%. When you have that trust, when you know a thousand percent it's coming from him, and absolutely you got to tie the camel. But at the end of the day, like when people copy a post or going back to your question, when people like get inspired by you or use the same idea you had, meh. Hmm. Get these award for it, right? I, I love that. I love that. I love the approach that you've taken. And it's, I had, because, and the reason I'll ask is because I had this conversation with uh, one of my students recently. She reached out and she's like, you know, I we released this this product and this you know this whole you know theme and template whatever. And now I'm seeing like someone else use it. I'm like, you know, in the end of the day, and I shared with her the same thing, which is at the end of the day, there's this um, this this uh, I forgot if it was uh, essentially hadith or if it was actually saying by Imam al-Ghazali. So don't quote me on the source. Um, I apologize for not remembering the source, but essentially what it says, and I think it's more a saying by Imam al-Ghazali, which is if something is destined for you, it will reach you even if it is beneath two mountains. And if something is not destined for you, it will not reach you even if it is between your two lips, right? Exactly. So SubhanAllah. So, at the end of the day, whatever is meant for you and destined for you will reach you. Whether someone else copies your post or does something else, or you know, you feel like, oh man, they're stealing my style, that's completely okay because they can't take away from your disc. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already you know allocated your disc, and they cannot do anything to take away from that, right? Yeah. You will get what it is destined to you. And so yeah. just focus on yourself. And at the end of the day, you know, your goal, as you mentioned, you should approach it from a mindset of ultimately this whole business exists because I'm trying to make a certain difference in this industry. If someone else is helping me make that difference, all the better. You know, perfect. Now there's more people helping me achieve this mission. Yeah. So that's kind of the angle that you take. And I think taking this angle helps relieve that stress where, you know, someone's always like, you know, you'll also get people reaching out to me. Oh, brother, I have this idea, but I don't know if I can really share it with you, you know, or with anyone else because I'm scared someone will steal it. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, dude, number one, I'm doing, I'm working on Omar Printer. I have no time for anything else. Number two, I don't think anyone's going to steal your idea, man. It's like, you know, like it's, but yeah, there's this fear, right? This fear of like, you're going to take away from me, I think. And I think yeah. what you mentioned is so important to remember. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when people do share, um, so I, I'll give you an example, almost like a mistake that I made. So yeah. um, Ustad Maryam Amil had a post about two sisters who can't fast when it's the last 10 nights of ramadan there's this guilt there's this heaviness it's like i'm not able to fast for whatever reason or even brothers for like medical reason or whatever so um for anyone who can't fast and i really i just took a caption and made it into a carousel and um and the caption said this is from uh Maryam Amal, uh for this post make sure you follow her and all of that so in, in my peer mastermind, one of them, one of my sisters said, you know, that post, when I read it, I, it didn't seem like you were quoting her, even though the quote marks were there, like that so tiny. Mm -hmm. um, I thought you wrote it and it didn't make sense because I know that didn't sound like you. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, that's interesting because my intention was not to mislead, right? Because mm -hmm. my intention was to share the goodness she had and get reached to more people. So I said, help me do this better. 
help me how can i like make it clear that this is hers so so they give me some advice and like make sure every carousel like image has her name at the bottom um make sure like before the caption starts because you only read the first two lines on instagram and i know that we're going into a tangent here but i want i'm sharing this is because sometimes people have the best of intentions and they just tend to realize what they're doing right and and sometimes in our head we're like oh my god how dare she copy me and i don't even think i'd asked my other mother my mother permission before i did that i'm like i i'm just i just want to spread her word she's awesome i love her right so so sometimes there might be people who are doing stuff like that but they might not just know how to do things and also like in the muslim culture copying is so okay right like pirated cds copying designer wear like there's always like uh original replicas right <laughs> i'm like what does that even mean original replica so we come from a very different culture sometimes it's just education sometimes it's just unawareness sometimes it's just that they don't even realize what they're doing um and if if it bothers you if you think they copied you and you you want to have that conversation one on one like privately hey i noticed you had a same post i feel like it's very similar to mine were you inspired by mine right mm-hmm. um in the future i'd like to, for the credit to be given i mean obviously if it's been shared as is um but other than that like if you have the if if you can you could say may i get rewarded for it and just mm-hmm. let it pass i mean 100% and that's the better way to do it 100% um i appreciate you sharing that sister hasa we're so much gems and so much gold being shared on this episode mashallah um we talked about the abcd formula right because i was going to ask you what are some tips you can give to listeners on how to leverage instagram to grow their brand and of course that methodology is beautiful and you have the d's deliver sales um so let's talk about the d a little bit since we talked about a b and c what's what's a good way for you and your experience to approach d because some people as you mentioned they'll go on there they'll post a, an image or hey buy my product buy my stuff you know there was no nurturing them there was no audience uh you know clarity there nothing else so what's the proper way to accomplish d in your abcd yeah. formula yeah and and what happens is when people make those posts saying buy my stuff at like every single image is or like five images back to back with their products right. and then link in my profile go buy now right mm-hmm. and nobody buys and they come back and say i suck i i not worthy i my product is bad not realizing there's a bigger picture here and and I, one of the things like worthiness is so big in the work i do because we especially women um we tend to take everything personally we tend to take like direct every finger at ourselves and be like it's my fault right um and being able to say maybe there's something else that's not missing here maybe what else do i need to try like being a scientist so in terms of driving sales one of the biggest thing is that um it's that like no trust journey right like you need to get to your audience needs to get to know you like you and trust you that trust does take time especially in cultures where people aren't as tr- trusting of like online businesses or businesses in general like there's this uh, idea of like are the other businesses trying to uh maybe it might might scam you and we people might have been hurt in the past right people might have been burned in the past and that's why they the this um they have this sense of like this this walls up so in order to build the trust there's so many different things that can can be used to build trust i teach what i call the six triggers that boost sales the six mental triggers things like using testimonials right who else has trusted you things like creating a community like going back to that content piece it's like how can you talk about talk to people like you belong you understand them you get them to build that trust how can you see people get make help people be seen right and helping people the community aspect reciprocity how can you give so that people are, are more likely to give back how can you establish yourself as authority like these are all the pieces that are kind of related to content but more related 
related to sales because these are the things that drive sales. And a lot of people jump straight to like, oh, just buy for me, right? But uh, you, they forget that in order, like uh, uh, the the the, uh, the non-Muslim world talks about dating, and they talk about how you don't just don't go marry the first person you meet, and like unless you are Muslim and it is an arranged marriage. <laughs> so I guess you do we do do that, but <laughs> but generally, like you don't go like they, like getting to know someone, asking, like, proposing does take time, and that's exactly what a sale process is like. You got to give it time to, for them to get to know you, for you to kind of see how you can help them, and you, before you ask for that sale. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that, Michelle. So, so really approaching it with a value first mindset, right? Uh, giving the value first, and then asking, right? And and there's this uh, methodology um, by uh, it's a very popular one, but my by Gary V, which I'm not a huge fan of personally, but um, uh, you can't you can't hit on his methodology which works, which is jab 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 right hook, which essentially means like give value three times more than you ask, right? The right hook is the ask, the jab is giving value, and so you know, give value three times more than you actually ask your audience for something. So when, when you can approach it with that mindset, it becomes much more natural. So I got uh, a few more uh, free here. Hafsa, if you're okay, uh, let's keep going, inshallah. <laughs> All right, inshallah. So if someone is starting on Instagram from scratch, I think, you know, that's one of the hardest, uh, you know, the hardest periods of growing on Instagram is when you're, you know, between that zero and a thousand followers and you're kind of struggling to get your first view what's what's some advice that we can give them for you know a great way to build to build their following uh when they're starting from scratch yeah uh, i'm kind of known for my unpopular uh, uh, opinion on these things because mm -hmm. you don't need over a thousand people to get sales mm -hmm. like i had my one of my clients Layla, she was selling products and um and and products is very different than all, like programs and offers because you need a lot to even make a thousand dollars right with programs it might just be two or three sales um, with products, if it's like a $30 product, it takes time. But even at, at less than a thousand followers, when she actually understood who to speak to where, to, where do her followers hang out? What do her followers need? How to post to get more sales? She was constantly making sales on her Etsy shop just through Instagram. So that's number one. Number two, as we are looking for followers, we have to ask ourselves, am I being a leader here? Because who has followers? I mean, we, we, the word followers has become such a cliche, but think about it. Who has followers? A leader has a follower, right? So in order for other people to follow you, you got to step up and lead. You got to step up and say, you know what? I have this mission. I have this purpose. I have this product. I want to talk about this. Not talking about it is harder. One of my favorite books is by um, every book by Stephen Pressfield. And um, I think Do the Work is the one that is the hardest to read because he talks about how like, you've been given this gift. You'll be asked about this gift. Like, This is literally what he says in the book. You'll be asked about this gift. Um, what are you going to do with this? Maybe you have the cure to cancer. Maybe you have this something amazing. Maybe it's to paint that piece of painting that somebody needs to see. And what are you doing with that gift? If you don't use that gift, you will hurt yourself. You will hurt yourself. You will hurt the humanity. And you'll actually be asked about this, right? So, um, so really going back to being a leader, to, like being so driven by your purpose that whether somebody likes your post or not, you continue showing up, right? That's that's the part that's the hardest. Like you said, when you're not getting that encouragement, you're not getting that response, a lot of my clients come to me and they say, when I get that response, I'll show up. And I'm like, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You got to keep showing up 
for the people that even if it's two people imagine 30 people coming to your house that's going to be a big party but if 30 people are on your followers you're like oh man i only 30 people are following me right so you got to switch this mindset and say you know what i am a leader i have this purpose i have this product i have this program i have this vision maybe right uh whatever it is and being able to say i'm going to continue talking about it even if nobody would this maybe you when when you have a smaller follower number one you can build better relationships number two you could use as a practice ground maybe go live every single sunday morning right every single friday night i don't care just go live and practice use this just as a practice ground right because you will have to show up as lives once you get to once you get maybe you're waiting to get to 1000 followers where you'll start to show up but what are you going to do until then to connect build relationships like when you have a high ticket program you you know this um, a lot of it comes from in dms a lot of it comes from one on one conversations helping people where they need it a lot of it comes from knowing who these people are in your followers like well i can i can't do that with, with 39000 followers right but with someone with smaller followers knows what's happening in their customers life hey can we just jump on a phone on a phone call because i have a couple of research questions for you it's so easy for someone with a small following to do that and then me they'd be like who the heck are you you know oh, is it a spam is your account spam right uh, is your account hacked right so so i think it's so much easier there's so many benefits to having a smaller account that i think we we just glamorize this vanity metrics being able to say okay you know, i don't even need 1000 customers maybe you need three customers to make that first 10k right can you get those three customers from 30 people absolutely can you get those three customers from the 100 followers you have absolutely so being able to say what is my intention here what is my goal here how can i keep talking about that so uh, practical tips i know you're like where's the practical stuff right <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 trust me. This is this is more valuable actually for people who are really listening because the, the approach is everything, right? So I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, because when you yeah. Google how to grow your followers, nobody's talking about this stuff. Yeah. Because this is who you're being, not what you're mm-hmm. doing, right? Mm-hmm. The Google is all about what you do, but if you're not being that person, none of that works. So, um, so going back to some practical tips is growing your followers. Is there's three ways to grow it. organic paid and joint ventures joint ventures is collaboration so organic is creating posts that speak to your audience going back to that abcd framework saying who's my audience who's what's my brand what's the content i'm creating how do am i going to drive sales creating content that fits that framework and then um all oh, that's organic like i said it's totally possible for you to create content that speaks to your audience and get couple thousand followers and not, i'm not saying every single post will do that my every single post for me doesn't do that and it is possible you can uh, you can get like 15 20 30 followers 100 followers maybe 200 followers maybe uh when you create posts good posts so organic is a thousand percent possible organic is like the the um the stone cutter hammering on the rock and he does it for a hundred times and the stone doesn't break he wants to give up and the hundred first time that he hits on it the stone breaks into a million pieces and he knows it's not that last one that did it he knows that it's everything that went before it that, that did it right so that's organic content this quote is quoted in atomic habits james clear look it up if you want if you want to great uh, book whether i read it myself an amazing yeah. book yeah um so so organic the next one is paid paid ads instagram ads facebook is owns instagram go pay if you can right if you have the if you have time use organic if you have money use the paid so obviously with paid you got to like learn how to use paid ads because there's a science and art to it um you just can't click boost and then be like nothing happened ads suck right that's not the way to go about it um ads need to be targeted ads need to be tested the image needs to be tested the right the, the creative needs to be tested ads is completely a different science the last one is joint ventures or collaborations 
thinking about like where is my audience hangout who has my people already right who has a complementary business so if you are a uh, bridal makeup artist people who need who need a uh, who need a makeup artist brides who need a makeup artist also need a photographer also need a henna artist hey let's do a live together because we all have the same audience what are some of the mistakes brides are making i don't know um so thinking about who else has your audience right instagram allows you to do a four people um instagram live now those are the coolest things because you're actually having such an awesome conversation with four other three other people and all your followers are getting all the followers of all three people are getting notified that you're live with this person right they don't even follow you it's such a great way of getting in front of accounts that you that don't follow that don't follow you right now but these are potential clients for you because these you all have complementary businesses um doing guest experts getting on podcasts right because your audience is hanging out somewhere it goes back to that a part in the abcd framework where is your audience hanging out and just go show up there more sometimes it could be doing collaborations with influencers sometimes it could be uh, and i hate that word influencers i don't know what that means <laughs> but we all know generally what that means right mm -hmm. so uh, maybe it is um, working with someone else maybe it's being able like doing so many different things just getting creative right saying taking responsibility my my therapist calls it agency how can you take agency for this and say i'm going to tie my camel mm -hmm. i want to grow my followers what are some of the five things i can do next month but one thing i can do today just being creative and going through that list rather than just like doing 100 things at the same time it's like one at a time focus and getting to it like holding yourself accountable consistent action um is the way you grow your followers yeah i love that mashallah um sister hafsa what would you say to aspiring entrepreneurs who are listening to this who are maybe afraid or shy of using social media and this is something that i encounter with uh, some of my students where once we talk about social media they understand it, they know what they need to do, but then I think there's a certain barrier of fear between them and going out, going there and showing up and posting content, right? What would you say to that? Yeah, showing up is such a heavy word. Um, mm. I, I, like, trust me, if I could, I would hide under a table. I've always been that 100%. person. <laughs> um, showing up is such a heavy word. And I think I absolutely get that. I mean, as, especially as women, we've been tried. We've been told to stay small, like don't show, don't like be in front of a lot of people, don't attract attention. These are all messages we've got as women. Um, don't speak up, right? Or even if you speak up, who's going to listen to you anyways, right? So these are all messages that have been like generationally instilled into us. This is not something you learned, you picked up, or something's wrong with you. As women, this has been something that has been. Uh, whatever reason right whether to keep us safe whether whatever reason it was um whether they call it religion or whatever it was and but these are the messages we've got and now now your coaches are telling you well you got to show up it is hard you got to work through a lot of programming that you have had uh some things that kind of helped me is and some things that help my clients is what is your vision what is your mission right when you get clear on what your mission is for me it's about empowering women helping women see their worthiness and build and grow their brands on instagram right um the worthiness that allah has given them allah has already given them and build a uh, build and grow their brand on instagram so that's my mission what is your mission getting clear on that and getting getting clear on your intention because um if you're like oh my uncle's wife's grandmother might watch my video and i feel embarrassed or uh, thinking about oh, would you would you think about your dream customer my dream customer is sumaya the sumaya need to hear me right 
Um, I'm pretty sure even Sumaya doesn't have time to watch my videos. Forget the other people that I'm worried about, right? So getting really clear on your mission and your intention. What are you here to do? Uh, one of my favorite, favorite reminders is the Palaka Culture Manifesto. Uh, for those of you listening in an audio, I'm holding up the uh, the Product of Muslims Perka Culture Manifesto. Um, it is actually uh, by Product of Muslim. And he talks about, there's a line in here that I always go back to. Life is not about you. It's about serving your Lord. Hmm. Oh. So um, so when you put it that way, when you put it as serving your Lord with excellence, uh, the other part of it is. So when you put it like that way and you're thinking about how can I best serve us? How can I live this mission that he has put me in this world for? How can I serve the people that he sent me to serve? Sent, I always talk about serving my people. Like these are people just like me. Help me help people like me, right? So thinking about who it is that you want to help, what is your mission? And one, one caveat to showing up is that showing up doesn't mean you got to point and dance in reels or you got to be all silly and you got to do all of these things. I don't point and dance, right? So, uh, so getting to, getting really clear about like what showing up means is that showing up in whatever feels right for you. One of my um, mentors, my peers, Sada Siddiqui, she takes a picture of a ceiling fan when she's lying down in her bed and takes, literally, that's her picture on her Instagram, a ceiling fan, and she has an amazing caption about everything going on in her brain, right? So, and she that post will get like 6,000, 7,000 likes, right? So it's not about like, Fitting into this formula of you got to post your outfit of the day, you got to post your good morning salam for uh, because somebody else is doing it. What does showing up feel like? Feel right for you? The way I show up is probably very different to, than what other people show up as. So whatever that feels right for you, and obviously we are all on a continuum. We are all on a journey. I struggled with lives for the longest time. My first video was. Assalamualaikum. This is my first live. Okay, salam. Bye. <laughs> that was my first video, right? I, we had this in the Facebook. We had a competition on a Facebook group. That was literally my first video, and I was like, "This is so weird. I'm talking to myself." But um, everybody's on a continuum. Your definition of showing up will change. Be willing to let, let, let it change if it's not driven by your values. Like if it's driven by your values and you're like, I won't point and dance. That's perfectly fine. But if it's fear, if it's what will people say, if it's uncomfortable if it's all of these things inch that get closer tiny bits maybe you do a live in a private community first maybe you do a live um on a new facebook account instagram account but nobody follows you right so try out trying out a tiny bit of tiny tiny small steps to getting to that comfort zone so so to to summarize what i'm talking about is number one define what showing up looks like for you it looks very different than what everybody else um uh, you're most welcome I'm not sure who that is <laughs> but um so, so define what showing up looks like for you and um and show up and and be be willing to get out of your comfort zone get into that growth mindset rather than that fixed mindset this is who i am i'm not skinny enough fair enough white enough whatever your definitions are rather than being stuck in that in that fixed mindset get into a growth mindset and say how can i do this better how can i get closer to this what steps can i take how do i practice this better right so so um, going back to the intentions, going back to what is your mission, going back to whatever your purpose is and how best can you serve your audience? Yeah, love that, mashallah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, when you approach it from that mindset, you really remove yourself and your kind of self-importance from the equation and you make it about, you know, everything else but you. And I think that's where you remove the pressure from yourself. And I really appreciate you sharing that uh, with us today. Mashallah, there's so many, you know, so many great tips and so much great advice that you've shared with us today um, that not only, you know, our audience can benefit from, but that I can, I can benefit from as well. So, khair for that. So, 
I want to ask you a question, sister, that I ask every single guest on this podcast. Before we dive into some audience Q&A as well, we have some questions from the audience that are watching. And this question is the following. If you could meet uh, Hafsa from a few years ago when she was just, you know, she just started selling products on Etsy, $3, those little greeting cards, and she was about to embark on this journey of entrepreneurship with all the highs and lows and the challenges and the wins, and you could share with her one thing that she could hold on to throughout this journey, right? That she could hold on to is kind of like a mantra, something that she could always remember. What would that one thing be for you? Can I do two? I am a rebel. Please, Don't go for it. I'll, I'll let you cheat. I'll let you cheat. Go ahead. <laughs> Don't follow rules here. <laughs> one would be keep going. You're on the right path. Mm. Keep going. Just keep at it, right? Um, sometimes we don't see that outcome. We don't see, we're like, oh, this sucks. What am I doing? Everybody has those questions, but trust me, you're on the right path. Keep going. The second would be, there's this book uh, called Rework that Productive Muslim sent to his team back in 2009, 2010, like 12, almost 12 years ago. I still remember the one sentence I read in there. It said, real artists ship. Like people who want to make a difference have to put their product out there put the offer out there. If you can't, if you don't put it out there, if you don't ship that uh, artwork you have, whatever that art is, um, people can't buy it, right? A lot of times we hold on to this idea we have, this this idea is like, I can't share it, somebody else is gonna copy it, or the idea of like, I want to, I don't know if I should do this, I should do that, should I make it six months, should I make it six weeks? All these analysis paralysis, right? So many ideas, so many options, you're sitting with them. But if you, unless you put it out there, nobody can actually give you the feedback you want. Stop trying to read this, read this future, um, globe or like this this um this future some you're trying to figure out what the future is going to hold which offer is going to work why don't you just ask the people who actually can give you the feedback right real artists ship so that a lot of times and even when my product-based business i would create this design for my first eid my first ramadan um writing together to jannah mug set this is one of some of my most best sellers and I'm like, oh, it's not there yet. I don't think so. It's not, I'm not sure if the bike should be turquoise or more of a blue, you know, all these questions, right? Or should my offer be like six weeks or four weeks or 400 or 700? All of these, you will be stuck with them until you actually put it out there. There is no one answer that's going to like, that's going to be the right answer. There is no, there is no guide. There is no quote unquote Bible for businesses, right? Every, everything needs to be tested for your niche, for your audience. So the faster you put it out there, the faster you'll get the feedback. If I hadn't launched that membership two years ago at $27 a month, I mean, it's definitely not at $27 a month right now, I wouldn't have gotten the feedback I would have got, I had gotten. I wouldn't have known that people want this. I, I wouldn't have had failed launches if I hadn't put things out there. Failed launches is just feedback, right? Every failure is just lessons that's telling you something didn't work. And it's your job to say what didn't work here, which part is working, which part is not working. So the faster you put things out there, the faster you'll get the feedback and the faster you'll be able to move forward. Otherwise, you'll still be stuck in this analysis paralysis loop. And there is no end to it. If you start thinking two things, there is no end to it. So stop thinking. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I completely agree, you know, and, and at the end of the day, as you mentioned, it's not really a failure, but more like a learning opportunity. If you go through a challenge and maybe something doesn't work as well as you want it to, you know, what can I learn from this? What can I improve on for next time? And now that's an opportunity where you've now tested something, you've gotten a result and you can 
adjust and improve based on that result. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing, actually, because that's how business works. It's just a constant cycle of testing and improvement until you find processes, systems, offers that work. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing that, Hafsa, and, and you know, appreciate all the knowledge that you've shared so far. We have a few questions from our audience that I'd love to share with you as well, inshallah. Um, awesome, just to kind of wrap this up here. So one is from Sister Alfa on Facebook, and she says, uh, how, how effective is Instagram, I'll reword this, compared with TikTok to get followers and deals? Uh, so she's essentially, she was sharing in the comments earlier that she's seeing a lot of growth on TikTok. Um, it's trending right now. How does that compare to Instagram? Is Instagram still, you know, as viable as TikTok? Is TikTok just a trend of the day? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Is it just a trend of the day? Like, like MySpace and Periscope will have to mm -hmm. tell the town, the time will tell um, how long they'll stick around. But I, I, I'll go back to the what I said about showing up, right? Showing up looks different for different people. One, uh, who is your audience? Going back to that ABCD framework, and where does your audience live? And two, showing up looks differently for different people. Because if your audience is not on TikTok, then why would you be on TikTok talking about your business, right? Yeah. It's like looking to for the blue mosque in Spain. Like your blue mosque is not in Spain, no matter how much you look, no matter how many followers you, how many places you visit, you will not find the blue mosque. If your followers are not on TikTok, then why are you on TikTok? Like if your follower, if your audience is like older, fifty plus, maybe they're not on TikTok, and definitely they're not on TikTok. And two, show up, showing up. Right, my audience might be on TikTok, but that's not my style. That's not my showing up, my way of showing up. Like it doesn't feel normal to me. Number three, prioritizing. Right, you can't be everywhere all the time. You can't be on Facebook. You can't be on Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. All of these at the same time. You got to at one point or the other. You got to pick one and focus on it because every platform has a different language, language you're speaking. Twitter has a different way of tweeting. YouTube has a different format. Um, Facebook has a different format than Instagram does. And a lot of people repurpose content. And I think you gotta be really careful about that because it's not, it might not be doing what you want it to do. Mm -hmm. It's like treating the others as, as the adopted kid. It's the middle child, right? And the middle child. And I always talk about, it feels like being the adopted kid, you know. No. So like stop treating these, every other platform as an adopted child and being like, okay, you know what? You just take the leftovers. No, we don't care about you anyways. Right. So, so picking your own niche, like picking your niche, knowing your audience, where's your audience? Does it feel like the right style for you? And where do you want to focus at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. That's, a, that's, that's a, a question I want you yeah, to ask, um, Alpha. Yeah, no, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I feel, I feel, I feel personally targeted by this because we treat TikTok like our adopted child. I mean, we just repost whenever we make a reel. We're like, all right, repost it on TikTok because, like, I'm not. We don't have time to focus on it at all. So, would you? And I want to know, have your honest opinion. Would you advise against that and say, well, just focus on Instagram if that's what you're really focused on, or would you encourage reposting if it if it makes sense in terms of like the same format? What would be your so opinion on that? You can repost, but don't expect it to behave like your main platform is behaving. Right. Mm. Don't don't expect the middle child to be a grateful one. <laughs> right, right. That's, the middle you know child what, that's always, always complain. So yes. you'll always complain about feeling like being adopted. So don't complain if they if they, if they aren't growing like you want them to. You don't be like, well, I'm posting. Why is my audience not growing? Because you're not speaking. You're not engaging. You're not doing all the other things that it takes to grow TikTok. So if you are okay with just like having a presence, sure, it doesn't matter. Um, and I know some people do that with Pinterest too. You know what? I just want to keep posting pins. You have not learned the Pinterest strategy. You've not learned all of the things, how Pinterest works. And you can actually repurpose reels on Pinterest too. But obviously it takes more than just posting content and um, understanding how Pinterest works. But if it if it just feels like you have a presence there, sure. 
Okay, awesome. We got we have two more that we'll take from the audience, inshallah. Um, one is should I promote my business in a certain country or can I do it worldwide? And of course, that for whoever asked this, that depends on your business and the nature of your business. But uh, is there anything that you'd like to share about that? Yeah, um, I given COVID, um, I obviously, like you said, you should depend on what that business is. Um, given COVID, I think everybody's online. I think you're missing out if you're thinking, okay, I can only promote in my local neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, given how COVID changed the the, 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 the the structures of the world, the way the world's uh, functioning, everything is online now. I know I actually have a client who's like, I want to do on like in-person classes. And I'm like, I understand, but people want online now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you got to adapt. You got to be. You got see what works best for your business. So even if you have hesitant, been hesitant about, like a lot of coaches I know, kind of just serve their local audiences and then the local neighborhoods, and they've not ventured online. You're missing out. You're missing yeah. out on making an impact. And like expanding, it's so possible for you to have a client from like Indonesia, Malaysia, UK, US, Australia, um, Dubai, right? Like you could actually be talking to all these women in the same time, right? Yeah. Imagine if you could do that, right? Imagine if you could get your product out or your service out to all these countries and all, people in the, in the widest parts of the world that need you, so. 100%, 100%, completely agree with that. So definitely leverage it. If it's available, why not? Um, we got one more that I'm gonna squeeze in here for you. If I, I have a seasonal business, this one's a good one. I eat products for kids. After eat, I pretty much have not been posting. I don't want to just post for the sake of posting. I don't have much content right now. Is this okay, or should I continue to post once a month to introduce myself, tell them about my business, etc.? Great question. Um, I think I would actually—I'll um, just give you some food for thought, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, this question is from Asma. Okay, Asma, some things for you to think about is: Do you want it to keep it a seasonal business? Because one of the things my clients tell me is like one of my uh, mastermind clients, Sidra, she does henna. She's a henna artist. She doesn't want to keep henna to being a seasonal thing. It's like Eid, Ramadan, um, Eid and weddings, right? She wants to make it a fun activity maybe for night out, for um, sleepovers, for birthday parties, right? She, want to make, she wants to make henna an ongoing business for her because she wants to keep it consistent. She wants to have that consistent revenue come in. And she's thinking of ways how she can um, rebrand henna completely in in, a, in the Muslim audience, so I want to ask you, Asma, for you to think about: Do you want to keep it seasonal, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're like, hey, is it possible for me to have a consistent revenue all year round rather than famine and feast? It's like feast during Ramadan, feast during Eid, and then it's famine throughout the year, right? Yeah. So, question for you to think about: Obviously, there is no right answer. Maybe that it works best for you, the season of life you're in, and that's perfectly fine as well. So mm -hmm. that, that's number one. Two. If you are a seasonal business, then obviously you have nothing to sell throughout the year. Or do you have things to sell throughout the year, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have smaller products. Maybe you have passive income. Maybe you have digital printouts, whatever it is. If it is, then you definitely want to be showing up. Well, if you absolutely have nothing to give, then you're right. It doesn't make sense to show up on Instagram or keep posting for the sake of posting because there is no... Remember the three things I asked you think about. What is your intention? What do you want you, your audience to know? What do you want your audience to do when you post content? What will you want your audience to do? That's something for you to think about. Maybe you become a resource page throughout the throughout the year. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe this is when you build a community. Maybe this is when you start bringing the people that uh, are, that need your product in Ramadan and creating a community out of them during the rest of the year. Maybe, I don't know. Things for you to think about. I hope this has given you some food for thought. This would be great for like a hot seat in one of my programs. But yeah. uh, in Circle of Impact, we do a lot more in-depth coaching. But um, in the interest of time and for you, some things for you to think about. 
I hope that has given you some starting points there. Definitely. Thank you so much, Sister Hassa. And as you mentioned, mashallah, you know, you've shared so much value with us already. There's so much more that people can get out of working with you, out of, you know, working closely and being part of Circle of Impact. So how can they go and join Circle of Impact if they're interested and where should they go to connect with you and support you, inshallah? Yeah, I really appreciate that. Jazakallah khair. And I, 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 honestly, it's an honor for me to be here and share all of this with your, with your listeners. Uh, and I thank you for the opportunity. So for those of you that are listening, if you just go to uh, my Instagram right now, Coaching, Circle of Impact is right now closed, but we will be opening it soon. So just hop onto the, my Instagram, send me a message, send me a DM. I will be setting up um, a freebie for you guys. If you go to hafsataha.com slash ummah after the live is done, and um, as the listeners listening to the replay, the link should be in somewhere in the show notes. And uh, we will have a freebie for you on how to sell more on Instagram. Nice. I love that. I love that. So it's hafsatahar.com slash umma. They can go to get a freebie there. Yeah. I love right. that. I love that. Mashallah. Amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. So, guys, please, if you're listening to this, whether you're watching this live or watching the recording or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, go to hafsatahar.com slash umma, U-M-M-A-H. And go and download the freebie. And of course, I encourage you to consider Circle of Impact if Instagram is one of the platforms where you want to focus on. Sister Hafsa has shared so much valuable knowledge today and I can definitely vouch for her you know, her ability to deliver on her promise of helping you grow on Instagram. She's done it herself, mashallah, and she's helped thousands of people do it. She can help you too if this is what you're looking for. Hafsa, thank you so much for joining us and Jazakallah khair for being on this podcast and taking you know, your valuable time today to share with us all this knowledge and expertise that you've done with us today. I really hope that we can bring you on in the future as well, maybe for some different discussions regarding Instagram, social media, and everything else. Thank you so much for having me and everyone listening. Thank you so much for actually getting to the end of the show <laughs> so far. I know I know there's been a lot, a lot of tangent boulevards through the conversations. I hope you found this beneficial. I'd love to get in touch with you. Send me a DM on Instagram, hafsataha.coaching, and let me know, share your gems. I'd love to hear from you and, uh, and see how best I can help you. And uh, thank you so much for having me on again. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. And guys, you know the drill. Uh, if you did enjoy this episode, if you enjoy this podcast and you listen to it, just go ahead and leave us a rating and review, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to, just go and leave us a rating to support us, inshallah, and help us grow this podcast. And of course, if you are looking for mentorship specifically with your online business, you can go and book a call with us. It's umarpreneur.com slash call, where we'll speak to you to understand what your goals are and how we can help you, inshallah. Until then, we'll see you next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.